So my thoughts on uh, pension is that I don't actually like to plan that far ahead. Welcome to Inside the Comfort Zone. You're listening to the podcast that redefines personal and professional development, guiding the hustle and burnout generation to handle change with ease so that they can live their best life. And my name is Adam Kowalik. Oh, how I love hearing good news about my bad habits, don't you? Like, what if someone said that having an extra cookie after dinner was actually good for you? That'd be terrific news. Well, to me at least. And the other day, I read a newsletter from uh, Brian Clark, who runs his Further Community, a community for people over 40, which I joined last year. So, fun fact is that the day of my 40th birthday uh, was the day I heard about the newsletter and signed up. It It was definitely a great decision. Brian Clark, in his emails, share some really great things. Besides his thought-worthy articles, he also shares other news and trends concerning the community. Now, if you'd like to sign up for Brian Clark's newsletter, you can find the link in the show notes of this episode. So a few weeks back, I was reading the further newsletter, and in it, Brian was talking about retirement, and he talked about a different way to approach the whole thing. And this was good news to me, because... I will confess that I am not the most foreseeing when it comes to my own retirement plan. And I'm not alone. I am Chi, a friend of Adam. And I am a single mother and I am 40 years old. And I'm originally from Germany and I'm also half Indonesian. And my little one is five years old now. And talking about retirement plan, I'm just really focusing on the here now and to build the business I love, to create a lifestyle I love in the here and the now and make sure that while I'm here, I'm having a very amazing experience. And for later on, of course, everything that's on top, I will always put aside. So this is kind of my retirement plan, which is not a retirement plan at all, I guess. She is joined by Josef Babar, a fitness influencer and personal trainer, also a former professional bodybuilder. So my thoughts on uh, pension is that I don't actually like to plan that far ahead. I am 29 years old and in Sweden you can only take out your pension when I think you're 54. That's too far too too many years to go there because uh, uh, yeah I don't I I don't like to plan that far ahead. Not too long ago, I was home visiting my parents and uh, I was on the sofa watching TV with my mother when out of nowhere my mother turned to me and asked, "Are you not concerned about your retirement? Don't you ever think about your future?" So my mother seldom asks much about my life. Not for lack of interest, but rather because of her having a hard time understanding some of my life choices. And there's no disrespect there. It's simply the fact that I live so differently to how my parents, siblings and the average Swede lives. In Sweden, we have this collective mindset and value called Jente Lagen. 
an unwritten law that says that no one is supposed to stand out and or think that they are better than someone else. This mindset has its usefulness and challenges for sure, and I don't fit it very well with my lifestyle, where I am indeed standing out in terms of how I live, work, and make an impact in the world. I was surprised over my mother's sudden question, and I could tell that she was genuinely concerned, so I did my best to explain. Currently, I don't have personal wealth or savings to supplement my retirement plan, and I also see that I might never actually retire. The way that I see it, what I do for work is what I would do even if I didn't get paid doing it. At times, it's hard to tell where work ends and where free time begins. Some of the things that I am doing for work are also my personal interests. And besides this, being a quote-unquote knowledge worker in the helping industry, I am not using up my physical body in such a way that I will have no other choice but to retire from a physically demanding job, which is the case for most of my family. As I age, and the longer I stay in business, the more I can do with what I know. A few years ago, me and my partner, we volunteered to help build a butterfly park in the south of Spain. There, I met a 67-year-old man who went by the name Nijen, given by his Indian guru back in the 70s. He knew many things, and he lived a very wild and free life. I took a great liking to him and wanted to learn from all his experience and knowledge. And one evening, he told me that he had been diagnosed with terminal bone cancer and had been given three years to live. And he was now living his fourth year, so in his mind he was living on borrowed time and was doing the most of it. Here he was volunteering just like the rest of us and he had recently sold his successful chain of restaurants back in France and had made more money than he knew what to do with. From what I could understand, he wanted the genuine experience, the connection and to feel as if on purpose. That night, he also told me that he thought it was a great shame that society viewed him at the age of 67 as old, too old. Nijen said that now was the time when he felt he would have loved to be able to teach or mentor to a younger generation. But unfortunately, no one was interested in hiring him. He also told me life's a joke and that I shouldn't be so effing serious before bursting into laughter and taking his goodbyes. That was the last time I saw him. That meeting with Nijen really made an impact on me. In my eyes, he was a wealthy man with every means to live a comfortable life. And here he was wanting to work and contribute to make a difference and feel on purpose, rather than being retired and living out the remainder of his life in peace. Here he was wishing he could become a teacher and pass down some of his knowledge and wisdom, but wasn't employable in the eyes of society. I too see myself as someone who will have a lot to offer in my old age, if I'm so lucky to live to see the day. I'm sure that I won't do exactly what I'm doing today, but it will be something adjacent. 
For example, I have a big interest in nonviolent communication and mediation. I also feel passionate about restorative justice, an alternative way to heal and hold accountable people who've wronged and been wronged. I can see myself grey and old, sitting down with people in pain, helping them let go, heal and move on. Something that I could do till the end of my time. So first, my first retirement plan is actually to invest everything I have in me, in my vitality and health and like a very, you know, healthy mental state of being and my passion and never, never growing old and like envision a healthier way of living for us, like an up-leveled humanity for us. And I will, I will not stop to try to contribute to this. And I think this fire will hopefully, let's see, never die off. And um, I just see myself working until the end. We're living in a time when AI and the technological advancements are replacing some of our jobs, or at the very least, some tasks. And we'll most likely see more and more of this in the near future. There's challenges and opportunities with this, of course, and, and I, for one, can see how this might help people move away from monotonous and repetitive work that is harmful to people over time. This move could help people have more energy and a better health to pursue other things in life and the opportunity to enjoy life longer. And on the cynical side of the retirement plan, I'm simply not convinced that it will be there when it's time for me to retire. And to suffer now for the potential promise of a reward in the far-off and highly unpredictable future just isn't my recipe for a fulfilled life. That whole thing sounds more like something I was taught in Sunday school when I was a young boy. And I'm not alone in having these thoughts and ideas around retirement. Here's Andrea, my partner, whom you might recognise from some of the first episodes when I launched this podcast, sharing her thoughts and ideas. You know, the classical way of pension, you have worked your years and then you stop working. I don't think that will happen to me. I don't think I would want that to happen. I think with all the experience I will have collected throughout my life, I will be in a best ever position to teach, you know, when I'm older. So why would I stop working? If there is any pension from our governments, maybe I can household on that money plus the money that I make on my own. I am already living my dream life. I have no need to retire from it. I am doing what I love. I feel connection and purpose. I get to wake up without setting an alarm. I have a calm moment most morning with a cup of tea, writing or reading, feeding my soul. I get to spend time with the people I love. I keep making new connections and foster healthy and loving relationships. I get to make a difference in the lives of other people, making their world a better place one day at a time. And each day, to me, feels complete. All this I was trying to express and explain to my mother. And I also mentioned the findings from studies that show that people who retire suffer an increased risk of dying within the first few years of retiring 
This is due to the loss of purpose and often the loss of social connections. It's said that the two most dangerous years in your life is the first year you're born and the first year you retire. Tom Hickson, a financial planner who helped his mother retire early, thanks to him helping her with her finances, tragically lost her to suicide only six months after her retirement. He went on to write the book Retirement Stepping Stones, Find Meaning, Live with Purpose and Leave a Legacy, which advocates for retirement coaching in addition to financial planning for the post-work stage. In the book, Tom Hickson mentions how crossing the goal line of retirement often can end up being a disappointment, which can lead to depression. He goes on to share about a study published in the Journal of Population Aging that found that those who are retired were about twice as likely to report feeling symptoms of depression than those who were still working. And research from London-based Institute of Economic Affairs found that the likelihood that someone will suffer from clinical depression actually goes up by about 40% after retiring. When all was said and done, it was pretty clear to my mother that I wasn't going to retire, at least not in the most traditional way. I intend to do meaningful and contributing things in connection to individuals and my community. And I have this understanding that as long as you can make a big enough difference in someone's life or business, there's a way for you to make a good living. Another detail to the little plan that I might have for my retirement is that I'm picturing myself not living alone, but rather being part of a small commune where we can pool our resources, help each other out, and never lose our social interactions. And again, I'm not alone. I'm joined by others in the same kind of thinking. I also believe that we shouldn't, you know, uh, live isolated in an apartment by ourselves or in a house by ourselves. I think the best um, way of guaranteeing some kind of, you know, caretaking when we are older is living together, you know, with fellow um, people in your age, friends, maybe their children or my children. I don't have any children, but anyways, or just, yeah, like people you feel close to, like a little community where you help each other out. The concept of retirement was invented by Otto von Bismarck in 1889. He introduced the world's first government-sponsored retirement program in Germany. The reason behind this invention was to alleviate economic hardship faced by older workers, provide them with financial security and make room for younger workers in the workforce. Otto von Bismarck's social welfare policies set a precedent for other countries to follow, resulting in the widespread adoption of retirement systems around the world. This was a time when few people actually lived beyond 65, so one could argue that it was set up to be a rather cost-effective solution. However, in modern times, we've seen how being 60 is the new 40, thanks to increased welfare, healthcare and medical innovation. The life expectancy has shot through the roof. It's no longer a valid strategy to work for 40 years and then retire when you might live another 40 plus years. 
it's simply hard to make the funds last. And even if that's not the problem, you running out of money, that is, then when you retire at 65, you're most likely not so keen on pottering around at home doing nothing. No. If 65 is the new 45, then there's plenty of things that you still want to and can do. In the newsletter from Brian Clark that I mentioned in the start of this episode, Brian says, quote, The former way of thinking divided life into three stages. Learn, earn and retire. Now, what we used to think of as the retirement stage will be that multi-stage extended remix where you'll continue to learn and earn in all new ways. End quote. I love this perspective of looking at life in these intersecting stages of learning and earning rather than in three linear stages, learn, earn and retire. No matter what stage in life you're at, perhaps you decide to take a sabbatical to travel or to take a break and try something new. Perhaps you'll decide to study and learn a new skill or profession. Perhaps your priorities shift and you want to slow things down to make more room for other important stuff in life, only to pick things back up at a later stage. But stopping working completely might not be what you decide to do. At least, I know that that's my plan. And that doesn't have to be a bad thing, as long as you're doing what you feel is meaningful and can support your lifestyle. The truth of the matter is, I haven't really even started my career yet. I'm embarking on my career as a voice coach, and I'm hoping I'll be working for years and years to come. And so retirement just seems really too far off in the distance to even contemplate. So for now, it's just just about me and the work I do and the people I connect with. And then retirement... I don't know, I guess that's something for later to think about. That was the voice of Lola Morales, who you could say at life's halftime is pivoting and shifting into a career as a voice coach, exemplifying this mix of learning and earning. I'm held in this world and who know how we will be in future? How and who do we even know to be later on when we are in our retirement and I see that the whole world is changing, like the whole universe is changing. And mm, what if all the things, all the laws will be changing as well, like even the universal laws. And maybe we will be way more vital when we are in our retirement than our parents are or were or our grandparents, etc. So there's this idea of maybe I will work until I will be dead. I do understand that people have jobs that they can't wait to retire from so that they can begin living the life that's waiting for them. And to me, that says more about the job than it says about the necessity of retirement. I might not be making my highest earning potential at this stage of my life, being in my 40s and all. However, I'm living a life that I have no need of retiring from. What that looks like for you, your ideal day or your ideal retirement plan is really up to you. 
And my intention with this episode was to explore and invite to a conversation around things that we often take for granted or at times ignore completely for varied reasons. Click the link in the show notes or visit insidethecomfort.zone to send me a voice message sharing your feedback or insights. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for listening to Inside the Comfort Zone with me, Adam Kowalik, and I'll be back next week with another regular episode. If you like the show, please follow and rate it on Spotify. And if you have a friend who you think should hear what we spoke about today, please share it with them. The best way to get the episode as soon as possible is to subscribe to Inside the Comfort Zone via Spotify or whatever podcast app you like to use. Check out some of the previous episode by visiting insidethecomfort.zone. Visit the website insidethecomfort.zone or click the link in the show notes for a chance to send me your questions and feedback as a voice message. And with your permission, if it's valuable for our listeners, your content might be featured in an upcoming episode. Inside the Comfort Zone was brought to you by Adam Kowalik, life coach, speaker and author on a mission to redefine personal and professional development. Thank you for being you and please keep it up. Talk more soon.